Hello listener and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangin. Maureen Komboka is on standby with the family segment. Today, she will talk us through the last part of teens and sexuality. Sister Becky Arunga will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, she'll talk about holding fast to your integrity. Stay tuned for this and some songs which in store for you. Here's a song, Amkandugu Usilale, by Ziwani Church Choir. This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Maureen Komboka with the Family Life segment. Be encouraged.
Hello dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. Today we are going to continue with the last time topic of teens and sexuality. Last time we said parents should let their teens know what their expectation of their sexual behaviors are and why they feel the way they do. And we say that they should not be afraid to express their moral values about how they see it. Today, I'm going to show you how your child will feel like they have been listened to and how you're going to react to their questions. I'll start by giving an illustration. Mother is in the kitchen as Sally comes home from school. Hi, darling. You got home in a good time today. You and Pam must have walked faster than usual. This is spoken in an interested manner, not a nosy one. Sally answers. We don't walk home together anymore, Mom. Oh, I'm sorry. You've enjoyed that so much. That was one of the reasons you were happy when they moved next door. What has happened to change things? Well, she has a boyfriend and he walks home with her and stays till her mom comes home from work. That must be a couple of hours. They are home alone for two hours. Not shocked, simply clarifying. Yeah. Does her mother know that? No. No, he scots out the back when they see her mother coming around the corner. Let's stop here. If mom was listening carefully and accurately, she could handle this one of three ways. One, emphatically. Young woman, don't you ever let me catch you at home with a boy like that. Guess what? She won't ever catch her. Secondly, really? That's kind of stupid. Well, put your books down and help me with supper. You know your dad likes to eat as soon as he gets home. Mom didn't hear at all. Three, thoughtfully. You know, that concerns me. It must puzzle you too. Here, let's get a lemonade and sit down a while and talk about it. And then mom and daughter can discuss the pros and cons of this situation. If lots of kids do this now, could it be risky? Why? What better way could it be handled? Do you see what good listening can do? What if your child absolutely never brings you questions that in some way involve sexuality? You could suspect that you may not seem to be very askable. Of one thing, we can be sure. Kids do have questions, many questions. You may have to nudge a bit to get them out in the open. Perhaps something about child molestation is in the news could start you talking about behaviors that could lead to exploitation. Premarital pregnancy problems present an opportunity to realize how wise God was in entrusting babies into homes where fathers and mothers are committed to one another and to their babies' best care. Providing contraceptives in school could lead to a discussion on the values of abstinence for real freedom. Freedom from worries about pregnancy or diseases. Freedom from being fearful of looking their parents straight in the eye. Freedom from problems later in life that have to do with relationships that went too fast, too soon. Maybe you could wonder out loud about the words to some of the pop songs your teens are listening to. When they say, oh, we don't pay any attention to the words, you could have a discussion on why. Then, do others get millions of dollars for writing them? Words are important. That is why advertisers spend billions of dollars on words to sell things. Words change how we think and act. Does it sound hard? Most parents agree it is. But when you are determined to make communication about sexuality part of what you do for your teenager, 
you will make it. It will get easier with practice. Please don't be put off by eyes rolling up to the ceiling or a teen acting bored and disgusted. That's just part of the scene. Don't expect your teen to say, Thank you so much, dear mom and dad. How good of you to educate me. Just remember, you are on an important mission, not a popularity. Don't get discouraged by such typical teenager behavior. You will make an impact if you consistently and determinedly tell your child what is so important to know. If something comes up that you do not feel competent to talk about, say so. Being sex educators isn't what most of us signed up for. Yes, EIT is, and it must be done. Just think of how much you wish your mother or dad answered your questions about dating, kissing, missing periods, feeling crushes on teachers, wondering how you know if you are really in love. Wouldn't it have been great to have an at-home expert willing to answer this or to promise to find the answers to things they didn't know? Then make sure you do answer it later. Ask often, did I make that clear? Did I answer what you wanted to know? Sometimes I don't make myself clear enough. Then by all means, reward that behavior for asking and for listening. Tell your teen how much you appreciate talking together. Put a high value on how much it means to you. One more very important word. Do not tease your teens about their crushes or put them down by talking about puppy love. To them, these new feelings are a serious business. You can't be helpful by embarrassing. And don't ever use these talks with your teens as a matter of casual or interesting conversation with others. Your child should be absolutely assured of parental confidentiality. You are doing God's work when you instruct your children. Scripture assures us of this. Why don't we look at that for a moment? In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, God is talking to his people and telling them of his requirements. He says, we should be teaching this to our children. Let's read his words in verses 6 on. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That sounds pretty important, doesn't it? Each of God's guidelines, including the one about moral purity, is included. What a responsibility parents have. When you get together next time, we are going to talk about teens and dating. Don't miss this vital discussion. Thank you for listening. I've been Maureen Komboka. Attuned to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Our producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 4276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us through awr Nairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now listen to the Wani Church Choir with a song, Soon Will Come.
It is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Sister Becky Arunga. Welcome, Sister. How great is our God who has enabled us to have some few moments to study his word and learn of his patient ways. Indeed, it is a blessing just to study and to know that this is the will of God in our lives. I am Becky Arunga, shall we pray? Almighty and ever-living Father, great is thy faithfulness unto us for allowing us another opportunity to study your word and learn of that which you want us to do in our lives. Father, I pray that you may be found faithful even as we continually live in this world that is full of sin. May our fidelity to you be as that of the unchanging hills. Be with us till we come to a close, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our study yet again based from the book of Job, just to learn some things from this faithful man who was able to stand firm for the truth and his belief in God, even though he was assailed by different adversities. We find that the devil himself went to God and charged Job with several accusations or allegations. But when God, and when God gave the devil a chance to take everything that Job had apart from his life, we see Satan plunging in with a lot of force and moving forth to ensure that he takes all that Job had. And when in the first instance he had not succeeded because Job, after all had been done to him, still said that naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. The devil still proceeded forth with another charge. And this time his charge was based on Job's body, his physique as a person. And Job chapter 2 Verse 1 brings again another concept that the devil is coming in and it says, Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth to eat. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? And there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. A beloved, yet again we see God bringing another biography about Job. He is still stating the facts of Job's integrity and character. And this notwithstanding the fact that Job had been severely tested by the losing of his children, the losing of his property, and still he remained alone but fell down before God and worshipped. Even amidst all the adversity that he went through, God still says that Job is faithful, he has integrity, he eschews evil. And yet again the devil comes with a charge. 
Surely he is always in the business of charging us. He's always in the business of ensuring that a fault is found in us, essentially accusing us. Verse 4 says, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely cast you to your face. Something that comes out clearly is that the devil is aware that we esteem our physique, that we esteem our health, that we love our bodies. We shall do anything to make them look good. And that is what, in fact, is happening in our world this day. The God of fashion is highly worshipped as people attempt to find means and ways of clothing their bodies or even making their appearance to outshine or outdo that of other people. Because it is our body that people encounter the very first moment they see us. And so oftentimes you have given much to it. And so God is saying, verse 6, The Lord say to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils, from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Beloved, that statement brings to view the very controversies that surround us. Many times, many afflictions come about us. The affliction come to us and we expect that God is going to deliver us from them. But sometimes we are just not prepared for the afflictions. And when they come, even our friends, our very close friends, turn against us. Of Christ, he wrote that even his friend, the one who shared his meal with him, has turned his heel against him just to show that there comes a time when we need to make our own personal stance there comes a time when we need to be alone in god's presence there comes a time when despite what people are saying around us we know that we have to have the savior nothing to be between us and our god and so job's wife having lost faith when everything was falling and being torn asunder she told job Are you still holding fast your integrity? Curse God and die. And then we realize that Job answers by saying, But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? Just to bring to us the fact that when we trust and believe in God, we take both good things and adversity from him. It is from God that all blessings flow. Thereby, it follows that even in joy or in sorrow, He is still our God. In sickness or in health, He is still our God. In poverty or in wealth, He remains to be the supreme God. In times of weakness as in times of strength, He is our God, our help in times of trouble. We know many other things that challenge us. Sometimes... Our academic life comes and we are challenged and you're struggling with whether you're supposed to use some additional material to help you pass exam or you are to trust in God to lead you all the way. Sometimes there is a promotion you're waiting for in the office. You wonder whether you should use underhand means like going even to the extent of even following the spiritual world or you're going to wait patiently upon the Lord to exalt you in his own time. Beloved, it is sweet to trust in God. 
it is sweet to hold fast your integrity because a time is coming that is full of trouble, a time of sorrow, a time that many shall depart from the faith. But God is looking for they that are able to stand, that are going to be faithful unto death. That which God requires of us is faithfulness. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10 records something that we can learn equally from the story of Job regarding how he was able to overcome the wiles that the devil was bringing unto him. And this is what the Bible has to say. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. The devil is about to throw some to prison. There are those things that we are about to suffer. But God has this promise, this steadfast promise that stands for sure. Be thou faithful unto death and you shall receive the crown of life. I do not know what you want. The things of this earth are temporal. They are fleeting. Trust in Jesus. Trust in God. Keep his commands. Be faithful no matter the adversity on the way be faithful even unto death and a crown of life is waiting if you are faithful to god hold fast to your integrity hold fast to your integrity because it shall be the demarcating factor at the time of trouble i pray that god may help you this day to be faithful to hold fast to your integrity even as you wait for the blessed hope of christ soon return let us pray our dear Heavenly Father, you are our help in ages past. You are our rock, our shield, and our comfort. Thank you for every good and every perfect gift. Thank you that you have assured us that when we are faithful unto death, there is a crown of life in waiting. And the beauty of it all is that you are with us and you shall neither leave us nor forsake us. Lord, in you we place all our trust. Carry us with you wherever you go and guide and order all our steps according to your law. To this end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for finding time to study God's word together. Faithfulness is the mark of excellence in the kingdom of God. Till next time, be blessed. That brings us to the end of our program for today. Hope that you've been blessed. We'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program. Send them to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 001 Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awr at ek.org. Join me next time, same place, same time. But until then, may our God keep you safe. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Panda itapolia, wana atashuka mawibuni Wate ule wote watasanyika na kumla kiju angani Watapa anakwenda na hechu mbinguni Hata yafuta machazi yao Na ata wapa uriti wao Ata wapunzi
Yeah, 